Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank all my Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me and what I'm doing. I would also like to thank my senior producers in particular. Shouts out to my mom and dad. Love y'all. Shouts out to Ventus Official and to PK Smokey with Eternal Project. Thank you all for your support. Tonight, live on twitch.tv slash cypher0033, you get it. We have... Melee Everyday's very own Jake Spear, who joined me live on the big house stage. We were not commentating Melee, but we were talking incessantly about Melee. And Oates was up with us, who is with Major Zine. Shouts out to Marco. It was a lovely time. And so, of course, I was just ready to do a, like a, a like a off the rip podcast right on the spot. Like, let's go find a quiet room and just talk because it was a really fun time. Jake Spear, thank you so much for doing that with me. And thank you for appearing on the podcast as it normally is here with me tonight. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that that little like the three of us there. What, what do we have, like an hour and a half or something? Yeah, we kind of covered and this is because like the basis of our conversation was like the history of big house and the history of oats zine the major zine which you know shouts to oats um and it all kind of revolved around this basic like cultural mystical kind of thing like the idea of community the very idea of having a home the idea of how you decorate it and what you what you put out what you show people um, and how every every person in the community kind of has their own little home. Um, yeah, we just kind of went off on that. It was like it was like beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, some of the very reasons why I love this community so much were like very thoroughly covered in a kind of a, I say this again, like a mystical kind of way. We kind of found a lot of that on the spot as well, which I really appreciate because <clears throat> what stressed me out the most going into that was how much I needed to prepare. Uh, not a script, but an outline far more than I'm used to doing for, for my own intents and purposes for tonight, Shakespeare, I really don't have anything planned. I just know that I want to talk about stuff and we're going to get to all of it, of course, mm -hmm. but no, that's normally what I'd like to do because I have overprepared for interviews before <laughs> and it, it turned out so bad because I'm trying to reference a long sheet of things to get to. So I tried making it shorter and I still felt like I was forcing it. And so instead of being in that mode now i just go it's just better if it's a conversation so that's when you get that's when you get the good shit yes, when you're like, yes, yes hey tell me about something you love and then you just let them like tell you exactly what you want to hear and all you had to do is ask them one question because <laughs> that your heart you know your heart will take you to the to all the places where that means and tied up in a nice little bow and just give it right to you just just for a simple question you got to ask the right questions but uh, you don't need too many. Like good interviews are, are efficient. You know what I mean. So and not dwelling on a subject for too long because I also love yeah. doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a great bullshitter too, so I could I could just talk forever. Okay, we didn't get a chance to talk a whole lot about how you came to be and what got you into the melee scene. And I love hearing about origin stories. So Jake Spear, mm -hmm. that's where we can start. How did you get into melee? Yeah. So. Um, I, I was always like, you know, I played all the Smashes, right? I remember the day I got Smash 64, I went to Best Buy with my dad the day of, before it came out. And the guy, the homie working at Best Buy gave me a copy of, May, of Super Smash Brothers from the back. <laughs> and I played that shit. And I don't know how long, because I was like, what? I don't know, nine or 10 or something. And 
it was late for me and I had baseball the next day. So I distinctly remember like nodding <laughs> off in right field. They put me in right field because I, I had a good arm, uh, but I couldn't really hit that well. Um, so point of the story, I played competitive smash for a while and then I got up to four smash Four, the godforsaken game. Mm. And I was like, look at all these characters. And then, you know, my brother, Mike, who's younger than me, was on the melee tip. He was a doc kid. He watched the doc and he's like, this is, this is the, this is the real shit. <laughs> and um, at Christmas one day we played on, my, my cousin had a melee setup attached to a CRT and we played uh, Spacey's on um, uh, Corneria. And my younger brother, nine years my junior, who I destroyed in video games my entire life and his entire upbringing, beat the shit out of me in melee. And I went, hold up! <laughs> this is not the way things should be and then he said watch this doc and then i went oh my god and this is right around apex 2014 and i needed a big distraction in my life because i was like really upset about you know very bad breakup and like general quarter life crisis shit and he showed me this and i followed apex and i saw the salty suite and i saw this this brand new world and you know how hard it is to make friends in your late 20s? <laughs> it's <laughs> I'm, impossible. I'm beginning to find that out. Right? But I, have, I made so many new friends in, in Melee. And I got into you know, the scene. I went to the locals. And one day, Bobby at EXP just said, Hey, Jake, you want to commentate solo because no one's there? And I said, Yeah, why not? <laughs> and that kind of you know, started my love for commentary. But it, more generally speaking, it was just like this... It reminded me a lot of the theater, and I'm sure we'll get to that at some point tonight, but it's this community of multidisciplined homies who just do shit for each other and for no real money or nothing, but just to like, just to have shared moments and memories and like that, that's the shit I live for. Honestly, like it, it's why I do theater so much. It's why I'm a very performative person in general. It's like, it's. You get a lot of those moments in the Smash scene and often, right? Whether it's players, whether it's like um, um, major like tournaments, Twitter, clips, combo videos, merch, drawings, like you name it. There's every month there's something exciting that you can take part of. That's dope. So I, I stuck around. Like, of course, it's so tight. <laughs> and the game is amazing. Like, it's it's the best game I've ever played. So that too. Um, it just made sense to me. It was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life is to, to go deeper into the melee scene. That's awesome. Well, of course, we appreciate the fact that you're still here. I love hearing about the idea of, <clears throat> of being able to continue to increase the friend pool. I think of melee as a high effort hang sometimes where, mm -hmm. yeah, you could just go to a bar or you could just, I don't know, golf or something, but instead we all feel the need, this, this, this burgeoning need to bring, you know, 40, 50, 60 pound CRTs, a whole setup up some stairs or maybe down some stairs, knowing that later on in the night when you're wasted, you're going to have to go back up the stairs with the 60 pound mm -hmm. TV, mm -hmm. you know, you do mm -hmm. all of that and then you start playing and then you start hanging. We're high mm -hmm. effort hang people. I feel like because it's, it's not easy, right? <laughs> yes. You have to, you have to, you have to do some stuff to actually get this all set up. It's not as easy as just scrolling on TikTok or Twitter, other social media. It's not as easy as again, going Frisbee golfing or something. But you seem to have that kind of personality, like most of the melee folks, 
who are near and dear to my heart where yeah. yes there's the 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 effort that you can make you you are still willing to do that you know that you have to you have to do a little bit of setup a little bit of this that but then you get to play melee then you get to hang with people that yeah. are that are friends so and that's and that's a good like floor for a community where in order to like get in the door you have to put in a little bit of effort because it, it proves first of all that you have something to to add to this community right which is very important secondly it proves that you care about it enough to give it your time and your resources without any kind of promise in return and like three it it's it's just like a little badge right you got that crt now right like i'm i add a little <laughs> a little, little title crt pin to my little scouts badge here i got my first modded controller you know oh i i switched mains i i'm this character i i discovered this tech like yeah uh, it, it does take effort and the best part is like everyone wants mostly everyone wants to take part of that they want to be they want to have a cool, cool tournament they want to make some cool tech they want to make that upset um and it all takes a lot of effort and like you said like social media it's like that talk about to, for comparison talk about no effort shit right mm. if i want to have like minor giggles i'll scroll through twitter for about 10 minutes and i might get a couple laughs right but what's the effort i put into it just rolling my finger around so nothing truly transcendent happening there right Maybe a good, a great tweet if you're lucky. Um, but as soon as you put more into something and expect more out of it, that's when you get it. That's exactly when you get it. And that's what the whole community is predicated on. Which is why it's, it's hard to bring in the, the the newer people. But I got to meet I got to meet OG Kid at Big House, the 14 year old guys just enjoying melee so much and and hitting the up throw rests very consistently on me Always which i was i was i was ready for because he, he i i know that og kid is good but beat midnight blue in bracket at big house so shouts out to og oh, kid that was that was him yes. OG kid. yo wholesome mm-hmm. no wholesome. we uh he's been he's a friend of the program he's been on the show before so i was excited to meet him there we were able to meet all that all that to say you won't find a whole lot of stories like that where they're younger than the game significantly younger than the game and getting into it because it's not as accessible as something like social media or or even Fortnite. but when it happens it's really special we seem to attract most of the time the right kind of people who we all want to hang out with i don't know for me it took me a while to get into melee because i felt that that little hump that not like an outside force pushing me out or keeping me out. It was mostly in my own head that I was keeping myself out, but I acknowledged the fact that, oh, I don't have a CRT. My GameCube may or may not still be in the house, and I go looking for it. Oh, there it is. Thank goodness. Whew. Mm -hmm. And that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. it you have to you have to get that stuff if you don't and who mm -hmm. who nowadays would have that up in their attic because they didn't grow up on the gamecube or the nintendo 64 right by the way i love hearing that you played smash 64 and i'm i appreciate that oh I yeah love that man no, that was i mean you can imagine as a as a kid who loved nintendo like there's a fighting game coming out with all the nintendo characters like there's nothing doper <laughs> at that age like you can't you can't tell me anything's cooler than that when i'm nine <laughs> it's impossible um yeah of course like i just a huge you know big regardless of how i feel about them now there, it's undeniable that nintendo has uh, dramatically altered the course of my life from a very young age 
and that's true for a lot of people. Um, so, you know, in the old days, things were nicer, but nothing was as nice as Smash Bros. So we have to talk about the theater. First of all, how do Uh we spell theater? Um, I, the art isn't, for me, is an RE. Honestly, I don't care. I kind of hate that it's RE, but I feel like obligated to, um, it's like, I don't know. It feels like calling theater Dr. Theater or something. It's like it's, it's this elevated position for no reason. The theater. Yeah, the theater. so you have far more experience than me. Let me just catch you up on what I did. In high school, I did a couple of plays, one musical. I could hardly stand the musical because it involves more than just acting. And acting was what I was excited about. I would get mm-hmm. nervous about going up on stage. But as soon as I went up on stage, I felt alive. And you know this. You know this. What were the musicals? I know these shows. Let's hear names. Ooh, okay. Well, it was somebody's adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Uh-huh. You know, you know. And then the play. Let's see. I forget who adapted it, but the play was was Pride and Prejudice, and it was almost mm-hmm. word for word out of Jane Austen's book. Mm. I think that maybe like it was less than five percent of the dialogue was like written for the play nearly all of it was actually just straight from the book, which I thought was really, like really prose? cool. Huh? Like, was it formatted into a script or was it, they just like copy pasted? No, they did format it into okay. a script. Yes. Okay, it okay, it okay. was modified. Yes. You, you know, okay. some scenes were ignored. <laughs> Listen, I've done grade school shows where they just, they just transcribed the movie and that was our script. Right. Oof. Yeah. Like so totally can't get sued for that. Wait, no hold on. <laughs> That's my secret cap. I'm always angry. And then you're what, you supposed go. to transform into the Hulk. What's going on? Okay. It's just, I have, yeah. Great schools, man. I, they're not paying those licensing fees, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the performance thing, like you said, like it's, it's initially a little scary. Um, and then once you go on there, you really know if you like it or not. And if you like it, you love it. And if you kind of like it, you're not going to do it really ever again. Maybe karaoke. <laughs> That's like where a lot of people kind of top out on their performance. I don't even do a lot of karaoke. Maybe it's just too tied to my day job, so to speak, that I, I don't want to. I don't know. It's fun in its own right. I love watching people do karaoke. What, are you afraid of breaking down the house every time you do karaoke? I mean, I've, like, (laughs) thought about it. Because, like, Smash is always be tweeting, yo, we're a karaoke. Like, everywhere they go, they find the karaoke bar or the casino. Like, Melee players, at least. Uh, Always. It's the karaoke bar or the casino or the KBBQ. These things are real. Yes. And I thought, like, if I were to go on a karaoke stage, what song would I sing? Because mm-hmm. I, like, don't. I've done it before, but, like, so infrequently. And I'd probably do Wonder Boy by Tenacious D. That would be my response, and I would kill it. I promise you I would. Bohemian like, Rhapsody by Queen. That's yours? That's what I would do. Are you kidding? That's the that first song I ever memorized. That's the first. Okay. That's a good reason to to default to that. I remember vaguely being about six years old and playing it, trying to sing along, play it again. Like it's a CD, so I'm not, you know, I'm I'm uh-huh. I'm out here roughing it in the streets. I go keep skip back, skip back, skip back. back. I back. would listen to that song. I remember doing it one day for at least an hour, and it is a long song, so it's not like it was. 200 plays in 60 minutes Mm -hmm. it's a nearly a six minute song because i wanted to learn all the lyrics and then i went upstairs i started singing it to my mom and dad who of course are old enough to appreciate it and i thought this is really cool they appreciate something that i'm doing i'm having a good time it was all great until they asked me to do it for friends and family (laughs) Uh, 
I know this is where things get complicated. Now all the fun you're having is gone. <laughs> it's gone. I'm like, I'm not gonna tell it. That so... is the hardest part of performing. Is just like keeping it natural, keeping mm -hmm. it, re keeping it normal, mm -hmm. keeping it like. Don't imagine the audience with their clothes off. Just, just remember rehearsal. Don't. They're not even there. That's like one of the easiest things about commentating for me. It's like there could be like fucking fifteen thousand people watching my dumbass, but I don't see them. It's so easy to just like turn it off there and just like all all it is is me and my homie commentator B, whoever that is. It's again, it's hard hey. to do at the age of six, but yes, I totally get what you're saying. That's why I really enjoyed performing later on in high school, but I never did theater after graduating from high school. Mm. And that's because I didn't go to college, but I I'd love that time. And I kind of wish I could do it again, but I just don't, it's purely a time thing. If you could yeah. give me 40 fresh hours in a week, well, firstly, I would play more melee and try to sleep more, but also mm. I would love to do another production. It would be, it would be super fun. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, some friends that well, actually a really good friend of mine just started taking improv classes again after not being on a stage in I don't know how long and like just, just getting back into it. The first like, you know, laugh she got doing a funny little bit or whatever, just bit by the bug all over again, all over again, just rem flooded, remembered everything that they enjoyed about it. And that happened to me recently. In May, I was in Kansas City for two months as an actor, which is something I haven't done in a very long time. And it just reminded me like immediately why I loved it in the first place. And I'm like 10 times as good as I ever was because I've just lived longer and I know how I just I got more in the, you know, in the sack, more shit to just take out. This, try this, try this. I remember this experience in my life now way more than I had 10 years ago. Um, and yeah, it, it, if it's like late, if it's innate in you and you really do love performing, you really can't get away from it. But if it's, you know, it is, it is a time thing. If you want to do a play, that's like what? Four hours of a community theater plays like three to four hours of rehearsal a night for five nights a week. Like you got a family, you know? It is tough. It is tough. But mm -hmm. I get to perform here, kind of. I like This counts. I yes, it it does count. I am I'm giving myself enough credit there. I just also realize it's not on the on the grand scale of of melee related stuff yet. But when we were up on the on the stage at Big House again, like I said, I was most nervous about having to follow an outline that I'm not normally holding myself to for a normal conversation like this. But otherwise, I was excited and I wasn't as nervous as I thought I was going to be. I always knew that once we started recording and being live, I'd be fine. But I thought the day before, the night before, am I going to be really nervous leading up to it tomorrow? Because mm. I'm used to that. And I just thought it's going to be on a different level because I haven't been live in this situation before. Big house tent. Are you kidding me? That was a really big privilege. I, I recognized that. That was really cool. Yeah, that was. That felt really special. Yeah, it was really special. So all in all... I was really pleased with how I didn't actually feel as tense or nervous about it going in. And I, like I said, always knew I'd be fine as soon as we got live. And it was, mm. it turned out that way. Makes me want to do more. So we'll see about that. Yeah. But when I get to do this, when I get to be live on a microphone and camera mm -hmm. with you or somebody else, 
to me, it feels a little bit like performing, but mostly I'm just enjoying the fact that somebody else loves Melee and wants to talk to me about how much they love Melee and how much I love Melee. And that's, that's, exactly. that's what I love so much about doing this. It, I, I quickly pivoted. That's a podcast word. I quickly pivoted from originally thinking I'll start a melee podcast to just talk about melee as I see fit. It quickly became, I could talk to all these people. This is crazy. Yeah. Let's go. And, right. And boom. Look at your face right now. Like that is, that is actually who you are right now that, but you're on camera. So this is the closest you can be to yourself, but you have to like have a slightly stylized version of yourself, right? Mm. You're aware that people are watching you. I could see my face in two different monitors right now. Um, right. And it's like this, this, this is a little diff. This is a little, uh, different than normal. Yes. Um, but like, it's the best, I think this is the best commentary, like advice ever is, is be yourself, but be conscious that you're not quite yourself. I'm Jake Spear always like my problems as Jake don't come in here. My, my the things I have to think about later don't come in here. You know, what am I what am I going to eat later tonight? That's not Jake would be thinking about those things. Jake Spear is not. Um, so but I try to, you know, I love Melee so much and I lean into that, that it just becomes who I am. All of a sudden I'm watching this game and I'm like, you know, seriously commentating it. Then I see some dope ship and I'm like, you know, like, like right? Like, actually, <laughs> myself, like, in, in a way that few people have seen or heard. And um, that's, that's when you know I'm feeling it. And that's like, yeah, that's when you know it's good. It's good melee. And it's, that's when good commentary happens with everybody. When their best self comes out, and it's not any different from who they normally are, it's just a little elevated. So I was thinking about the one person who was able to sort of get a taste of the higher echelon of melee commentary. I'm thinking about Turn Down for Walt. Walt got to do the top four of SmashCon this year with Vish. I thought that was so cool. Walt and was on top a... eight of Gommel too. First half of top eight, I believe. Yes, with, and the uh, first Radar. top of Battle mm -hmm. BC4 with Radar. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yes. So those those events happened first, and then we got to mm -hmm. the SmashCon timeline where mm -hmm. it was totally out of the blue for me because I'm not really involved with behind-the-scenes stuff all that often. So when Walt goes, I'm going to be doing Top 8 today, I was like, okay, that's cool. Top 8, cool. It'll be the first block, of course, of course. No, it's the second block. It's Top 4. Wow, this is so cool. And so when you are seeing this, Jake, you've, you've seen a lot of people sort of get the opportunities to commentate mm -hmm, grand mm -hmm. finals of a big melee mm -hmm. event and it's not like a long list so mm -hmm. you you can you can from your perspective and so I'm, I'm interested to hear your and i don't know did you watch it live did you watch it afterwards it was Which, a, huh watch what live did you watch grand finals or top four walt and vish commentary at smash con at, oh, smash con? uh i think so i think i did because like that was that was moon, many moons ago but I yes so. it was so a while ago between now and then like i don't i can't even put shit together anymore <laughs> everything is the same people every weekend and it's just great melee. I'm not complaining, but it's it is hard to keep together sometimes. But I think I did see that. Okay, this was Manga winning after being ranked yes. number eleven. It was yes, Walt saying, was "Thou big, shalt not sleep on the kid." It was the correct. Ben SW hug from the crowd. That was that was correct. the event. Thou shalt not sleep on the 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 number one commandment of Mango Nation. Thou shalt <laughs> not sleep on the kid. So I'm interested in hearing your perspective mm -hmm. on 
on what it what that what that experience is like from your perspective or from someone who who thinks about commentary from melee about how it can be good how it can be better mm-hmm. i'm interested in hearing about the the walt arc from this year because we got this okay specifically the walt arc because that's okay. what uh, that's you're, yeah. you're you're we'll talk about this some more but you you do do stuff related to you know hiring talent as they say uh yeah so uh it, it was walt is a perfect example of because before in the olden times, and I think like my generation of commentators is kind of the last of this breed. And like these are like I'm talking about like people like Jackzilla, like uh, like a Pengu, like Studebaker. Like we all like kind of came onto the scene at the same time. And this was the last of the classic locals to regionals to round one pools to round two pools to top 64, to, you know, that ladder to top eight that everyone basically climbed like all the all the big names like in some capacity had to earn that in a traditional way. Walt introduced this new, I don't know if he, I'm not sure if he introduced it, but he definitely spearheaded this like idea and uh, COVID had a lot to do with it, that the legwork is not in doing like pools and stuff. It is in the content you create and shout outs to Walt. His videos are fire, like fucking so good. And also, simultaneously, Walt was able to commentate in the same chair that he made, I mean, I think so, the same chair that he made these videos. So he had this, like, super potent, and this is slippy, right? It's, it's all online at this point. This super potent dovetailing of, of technique, of, like, being able to just do all these slippy tournaments. You know, there were a, a Rona Rumble every week, a East Coast Fridays, a Uncle Sam's Maple Syrup, which I believe we commentated together once. Um, and simultaneously making his videos, and that led for a big and he's pushing his merch and shit and it was just a big like that's how you get and and he went from walt not a commentator to top eight in record time no other commentator super fast has ever done that yeah and i i'm not sure if it will happen again honestly i don't know but it was he i i i'm talking very pointedly about this because he was an anomaly and he perhaps was the first example of someone who could uh someone who changes the career arc of a commentator in a very effective way and it's actually quite impressive if i may be so frank yes that's what i'm saying i thought it was so cool and you do need somebody like walt on the walt tier because walt is already and and will be like continually improving as a content creator so knowing all of that we're always getting better if we're doing it right Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? I mean, for Walt, it's hiring other people to do stuff so that more videos can come out. I mean, that's that's what I've been most impressed by recently. Because if Even you if you mess if you mess with the formula like that of how the how the cakes get baked, it's like oh, mm-hmm. you better you better have a pretty good formula to make that work. Yeah. And or else you're gonna get Coke two and lose a billion dollars or whatever, and then just go back to the cake, and the the, the cake is much better. <laughs> So I've been so impressed with how fast Walt went up towards mm-hmm. being able to commentate top four at SmashCon that to then kind of just disappearing after that from commentating. I thought that was the coolest thing ever because if it were me, I would go, I want to do this always and forever. Amen. But Walt has this ability and maybe it's partially forced because how how can you have time to do all of this right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because he also wants to be behind the camera too i mean i think he was behind the camera pretty much yeah. exclusively at big house and other events this yeah. fall so that's that's the thing if you want to commentate sure, yeah. you gotta 
kind of have to give up something else in order to do it. And Walt said, no, I want to be behind the camera now. Well, he did ask to be on the roster, but you, you must understand. Um, and I'm sure I know he does that. Like there are like quadruple S tier casters that I couldn't hire. Like, look at that lineup. It was so stacked, right? It was just, it was just ridiculous. Top to bottom. Like I wanted to hire Lovage. Like I, he didn't make the cut. Zoo didn't make the cut. If Chillin was was it was well, he would have been on that roster. Like you get the point, right? But I secret I think Walt was secretly glad that he didn't because the first thing he said to me when I saw him at Big House, he's like, "Sup, Jake? Fist bump? I'm so busy." <laughs> like, and he was like, I never saw that guy walking less than a seven out of ten. Like, dude was hustling, mm-hmm. and he was only walking faster if he didn't have equipment in his hand. Um, <laughs> It, it it seemed like he was yeah and there were you know shooting shit and like producing it that day and then it going on stream the next day so like it would have if, if he had a if he had a, a a full block of commentary slots i think his his greater work would suffer so i think that was i think probably in both of our best interests that, that i believe it wasn't his and he like took the time and made some slamming videos man like just just like he knows how to do um but yeah, I, I think I don't I don't think commentary is something that Walt would want, especially since he's been improving so much. Like, I don't think it's something that he wants to give up entirely, although I can't speak for him. Um, he's also like has a job now with Panda. And like, I don't know what that brings. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, like seriously, like Walt is like he zipped. He, he zipped. He took the fast lane. I'm not going to say cheat code because it was no cheat and it was hard work, hard, hard work, hard work, hard work. That's that's hard work and luck, my friend. Luck. <laughs> yes, but there's no one who I could have probably picked and said, "Yeah, this person deserves it more than Walt." I mean, like like we like we've been saying, Walt's been doing this for a long, long time. Content within melee, absolutely deserved. So yeah. I wanted to observe that, and I'm sorry to make you talk about somebody else for so long. Let's get back. That's fine. That's fine. Let's get back towards you. Uh, there... Walt, Walt is a is a is a uh, a big figure in our community in a lot of ways. I think he's worthy of of the discussion. I'm interested in getting Stelios's question. We have Stel in, in the house. chat. What's up? Who you brother. probably know. Stel is an up and coming commentator, content person. I did a block with him at Gamble. I did. Did we do two? Or do we just do one? One of them. Yeah. I did, did not do the that. research with you and Stelios's working relationship. Fine. It was, it was only, it was b- but a couple hours, but they were very fun. <clears throat> Stel's in the chat says we did one. All right. But yeah. question, question for you. Cause I'm not so, going to, I'm not going to answer this with Walt's pipeline. Would his path be what should be the ideal path for new folks to get into casting or do more of a blend of cast locals work on content, go from there. So is the Walt path repeatable or do we have to say, no, not repeatable. This is what you need to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in a lot of ways, Walt's case was lightning in a bottle, but I, I think it's a it's it's sustainable and like actually good for a lot of things, because if you make content, it's probably smash content. And if it's good smash content that benefits benefits us all. So you get more recognizable. We enjoy your shit. And then when we see you on the mic, it's not it's it, it doesn't feel like who, who's this guy? It's like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> like a perfect example is Dark Gen X, right? That clever bastard. He, I love his shit, man. He's so fucking funny, and 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 he commentates too. He also happens to have a terrific voice. 
So, but it was definitely like the, the pipeline was like funny guy happens to be a good commentator. That's great. And, you know, there are some people who just aren't good commentators and that won't happen, but they still might make good content. But maybe, you know, I don't know. But I think, for instance, there's a there's a guy in Chicago uh, who shows up to every weekly we have and he sits down and he commentates. He never enters. He sits down. And he commentates every week. No money just to commentate. And I admire that so much. And that's like the classic pipeline, right? Except it's elevated because Matt Popa, shouts to Matt Popa, has this super sick like stream setup, you know? So it has like the production quality of, of, of a, a, a major stream, like mirrorless cameras, good, you know, SMs, fucking super nice tower with like great bitrate. Like it's, it's all there. Ooh. So locals have this like already this like higher floor from when I used to do it when I was standing in front of a fucking blue Yeti by myself on some old ass couch <laughs> with, you know, no camera. And if there was a camera, the lighting was ass. And, and so like, if you wanted to start there as a commentator, you're already like, have, you have a better leg up than the generations before myself included and those who preceded me. Um, but making content's like not a bad idea because it just like diversifies your visibility. You know what I mean? Like that Bobby Big Balls video, like more people know, like have seen me before. I got at the last local, cannot believe this. The last local, some kid who I've never seen before, which is a great thing. A lot of new faces in Chicago came up to me. He's like, hey, are you the guy from that Bobby Big Balls video? <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> yeah, man, that's me. Uh, and so there's there's no wrong answer because there's more melee content, more ways to make melee content. We've chopped this game up in so many ways and with each piece has its own chopping up and those quirks and molecules it's, it's endless so finding something you really like and want to make is not hard you just have to put in the effort that's really what it is like whether you choose the locals pipeline or the content pipeline it's it does it's your effort it doesn't matter it's the real answer put it in and don't get a big head don't don't. That's the, that's advice for all of the coming commentators. As as a, as a Gen X commentator, I prefer like I refer to Doc Kids now as Gen X, because uh, yeah, Slippy Kids is the Zoomers. The Millennials are right after the Doc Kids, and then we got the Boomers. So that's what I would say. Don't get a big head. It's easy to when you're just like performing, and you know that you know that to go back to theater. I've certainly known some people who think they're hot shit. And they might be good as hell, but they're buttholes and I don't like them, <laughs> you know, and that means I won't want to work with them. They could be amazing. I don't care. You make me sick. Um, so always be aware, no matter what you do, always be aware that the more you put yourself out there, the more people will see you, the more people will think about you, the, the more of a reputation you'll make for better or worse. And that has a big effect on who wants to work with you. This is showbiz. You know, it's a very diluted, penniless version of showbiz. But it, um, if, since it's penniless, the ego wants to be fed more because it's not being fed oh, from currency. a salary or a money perspective. Yeah, yeah there's currency, definitely. Mm -hmm. Clout, right? Um, um, uh, good things like uh, uh, respectability and mm -hmm. trustworthiness. Right. Those are big. Showing up, promptness. These are all very important ways to pay your dues, so to speak. Um, 
but it's there's always someone else who is depending on you just keep that in mind right and and then you open yourself up to like just like everyone being on the same page we're all just struggling we're all free here i say that all the time kids kids at the local oh man i lost to this guy it's like dudes there are 50 players who whoop that guy's butt so hard they make him feel worse than you do now we're all free here we're just trying to have fun <laughs> and and may, maybe maybe make a little something of ourselves but going at that with like the mindset just like frees you up entirely like it it then you get your best shit done because you're relaxed you're comfortable you're not thinking about yourself and your how you can benefit from this you're thinking about how the homie can benefit from this mm. that's the that's when you're getting that's when you start to get somewhere Yes, that's when things like the net play for Palestine become more of a thing that's possible to do. Mm-hmm. So that would like, yeah, events like that. Super great. It happens when everybody says, let's get behind something and people are actually willing to do it because they yeah. realize this community is more than just about what they're doing for me. It's what I'm doing for the community as well. Mm-hmm. I spent like a JRPGs worth of hours on net play for Palestine. Didn't get a penny. It, it one of the most rewarding experiences of my life, <laughs> like straight up, <laughs> like that's all it takes. It's because the effort was translated into genuine emotions. Proud, being proud, feeling good, like uh, um, um, knowing that I, we raised a shitload of money and that's use That's really useful, <laughs> like in general. Uh, th- that's the, when I was talking about currency, like these are the things that I accept. These good feelings are the things that are my, my cash drawer is always open. And anything can go in it, you know? You can make me feel good a million different ways. I can make you feel good just as many ways. And that is, those are the most honest exchanges that we have in, in mankind, period. That's what this community is built on. It, it, it relies on it, or else it crumbles. And it hasn't yet. It's only gotten bigger. Yes, let's continue hoping that we, and, and to some degree, keep this, I just sort of generalize it as the grassroots spirit, that that stays. Because otherwise, it becomes more of a, it does become more of a money-driven thing. So, um, nothing wrong with money or people being fairly compensated. It's just, yeah, yeah. It, uh, mean, everyone it, likes everyone likes the quad stream until the the bottom right one is just Papa John's for five minutes. <laughs> mark my words. Don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> Don't say I didn't warn you. How close were we? <laughs> no, let me, no, no, we, not, not for not for uh, the LSI. No, that was never ever. No, because it's not it's but... not a it's not a Papa John's thing. But I wanted no. to talk to you. I wanted to ask yes. you about your your current involvement in melee is not just in terms of commentary or getting to do super cool viral tweets. It's also being part of, of staff. You get to do behind the scenes stuff. So this has always been intriguing to me because I like the idea of an event happening. And then for someone who's either running it or, or like in charge coming to me and being like, you don't, not that you, I, I don't have a whole lot of value to add personally. I have things that I can, but it's not like I'm a Flashburn or a Juna. You want those people to run the stream or you want Shakespeare to hire your commentators or to choose your commentators. So that's what you did for Big House. Is that, am I understanding correctly? Yes, that's what I did for Big House. And um, so I did, I also did it for last Big House, which was in 2019. So this time around, I had the job again, but I was, um, contracted under uh, waveform which is the production company that now does just about every major you watch and they absorb melee every day which before that did just about every major you watch 
Um, and so, like, I found, you know, Ju Juna and I have this, like, really long-standing relationship of, like, just helping each other out constantly. Uh, one, of, one of my, you know, best friends in Smash, Shasta Juna. And this felt like a very natural, like, you know. And then through that, so I hired all the commentators. Yeah, I did the schedule, the budget, all that stuff, um, which is very fun. I love doing that work. And then for Ludwig Smash Invitational, I was once again contracted under Waveform with the homies. Mail every day. Again, Juna, Flashburn, Sago joined us this time. Sago, that's another old, old, old school. And really good friend of mine. Um, and then uh, Avian, Ayub, Addy, and then Dylan, who was the mastermind of the uh, quad stream idea, or brought it to uh, Aiden's attention that this is Oh, yes, Aiden was shouting out yeah. Dylan on the Radio mm -hmm. Melee episode. Yeah, Let's Dylan, go, Dylan. Uh, directed the ultimate quad stream and flashburn directed the melee quad stream um and so the quad stream was a three-person setup it was a flashburn directing sago doing graphics so like the you know the player names yes. the characters pronouns all that the score and then i was the stream runner so i was wearing a, a, a headset much like yours actually this gigantic like except it had a mic in front of it <laughs> and i was weaving in and out all of the premier talent in melee trying to find the players to make sure that there were four matches going on in all four quads at the same time. Um, and it was a team of three. They had a lot of gear, ton of gear, but that's what went into that. And apparently it was extremely well received, which felt really good because it was, uh, it was, a, they were long days, but they were good days. <laughs> they like, you find the rhythm, right? And I, by the end of it, I was just like, I, I had, my script down exactly right i'd stand behind the players you guys can start hand warmers wait for the thing in my ear okay okay they're ready to start all right guys you can start whenever good luck and have fun i told that i told that to every top player in melee at least three times over the course of the weekend <laughs> um and i'm not sure if a lot of people will recognize maybe the beard but like i definitely had a hat on and a mask <laughs> the whole time we were required and um yeah it, the, the players were so gracious and courteous and like understanding and not demanding and prompt and there and ready and they followed directions and they did complain and I, it was just great like it, it felt like like it was it was like summit in a cabaret theater was what it felt like instead of like the warehouse or whatever they do it was all in a cabaret theater and old summit and melee summit were going out at the exact same time separated by a mere 10 feet and it, it was the densest collection of Smash talent pro for sure ever, for sure ever, but maybe forever. It, it would be hard to top that level of star power. Like, oops, oh, excuse me, Hungerbox, excuse me, Magi. Ooh, ooh I got to find J-Mook. Oh, oh, there's J- Oh, J-Mook, okay, where's Josh, man? Okay, and everyone commiserating, everyone chatting, everyone chilling. It was, an, it was a privilege, nothing short of a privilege to be there. And it was just work. I was just like, whatever, you know, I'm not starstruck anymore. I've seen all these guys before. So I was, <laughs> I talk fast, I move fast, I'm, you know, I'm light, I'm thin, I could squeeze between shit. I was, I was the right man for that job. And it worked like stupendously. Um, and I'm just very proud of Melee every day, once again, to, and for, for like five years straight, like, like low key behind the curtains, running fucking everything you've seen. And that's on God. <laughs> That's for real. And so, so, so to have us be called up for something as big as this was 
I mean, we had we had this amazing dinner in Vegas at Morimoto's restaurant. Best meal I've had all year. And I kept saying, ooh, this is free, baby. And Juna kept correcting me. They kept saying, no, you earned this. You earned this. And we did. Nice. It was like company card shit, you know, like lavish, right? You ever had a, a single ounce of Wagyu beef? No, but that does sound really good. Forget it. Everything, everything they say about it completely makes sense. As soon as it is hands down the best tasting piece of meat I've ever had in my life. And I earned it. Yes. And that's, these are the kind of things you get. If you just, just give it your best all the time. When you, when, when people expect it of you and even more importantly, people don't expect it of you. We will three, four years ago, we were sleeping. Jamelia every day was sleeping on hot on hotel floors running shit side stream seven at big house where you know these two matches you don't even care about these two commentators you've never heard before and and the work that juna and flashburn in particular put in both of them you look at that and you go it is possible to find a, to not be like stuck in melee to like to to use it and and mold it into something fantastic and make yourself amazing and that's what they remind me of constantly Flashburn hands down the best technical director in Melee forget it forget it and just to see and, and just to see them shine and to, and to like remember where they came from and to like you know bring the homies in to enjoy it is there anything better you could just Earth. sense it. You could just sense it on the. I saw a tweet of a couple pictures of the Melee Everyday crew at LSI. It was something was emanating out of that picture to me. Something came yeah. across. It's the homies in Vegas <laughs> who just did a great job. Fucking killed it, and we're gonna have some fun tonight. And it's we're all there. It was fantastic. You can't beat it. I swear to God, you would have to tell me a lie if you think you have a better story. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's that that's what it meant to me in a lot of different ways. And I was and just how I like to do it, wearing all black, just hidden, low key, just working. <laughs> don't care if anyone says thank you because I know how good I did. That's the attitude, right? People, a lot of people said thank you though. Everyone said thank you. Surprise of the week. Um, Josh, man, the kindest man I've ever, the kindest smasher I've ever met. Also one of the tallest. Another surprise. Wait, um, hold on. You didn't know that Josh, man, was tall before this? I mean, I've never seen him in person. Like, okay. Stacked. It's like, it was like a, like an NBA thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you don't really know how tall they are until you're standing next to them. And I'm like 5'8 on my best day. So that's a... That's it's definitely a, he's definitely a look upper. He definitely like leaned down to you know listen to my short ass like constantly. But so <laughs> so kind, always thank you, smiling, great guy. Got his pillow for him. He was so oh thank you for giving me that pillow. No problem, man. You're sick. <laughs> Easy stuff like that. Just make people's day. And you have so many opportunities to do that throughout the day. You like I, like Gina said, earned it. Speaking okay, so speaking of Flashburn, I will be having yes. Flashburn on the pod in a few weeks. Do you have nice. a question that you would want me to ask? Flashburn? So I guess one of the things that I've always I brought this up to Flashburn at um, uh, Morimoto's, and I was like, whether things are going so great or things are going so shit, you are right there, level as a rock like 
studious, like not missing keystrokes, not sweating, breathing normally. And I just want to know what is going on in your head? Like, <laughs> is your mind doing all of the things that your body is not showing? Or how do you deal with it? Like, it's if he doesn't want to tell me, that's fine. It's a, it's a, it might be a, the dark art of Flashburn that that makes him so effective. But I would like to know what he's thinking and like at what speed, you know, like, is it a slow process? Is it is it lightning? But Flashburn does does live life a little bit fast. It's like not not in his decisions and, and choices, but his. Uh, his thought process, for sure. Yes, that does sound like someone that I'd be interested in hearing thoughts from and who doesn't, well, probably doesn't want to be in front of a camera a lot, but I saw Flashburn, well, we both got to work with Flashburn, of course, when we were doing our recording at Big House, so mm-hmm. I, I popped off a little bit when Juna said Flashburn was running the stream. I hope that Juna did feel bad because I didn't get a chance to pop off in front of Juna that I that was like, you're Juna. Like I wanted to do that, but I tried not to be. I also popped off when I found out that echo storm was there when JDMH, who I was excited to meet JD. I was so excited. I promise. And I felt bad afterwards when I thought about it. Oh, because when, (laughs) because offhand JD goes, echo storm is here. And I was like, Echo Storm is here because wow. Echo's wow. been on the pod two times. Such a nice person to me. I was like, Shouts to Zach for sure. Can you please take me to meet Echo, please, JD? <laughs> and and JD did so. Big big nice. ups, big thanks, big thanks. Big thanks, JD. Okay. Another like stupendously great worker. Like, dude, <laughs> dude, JD's so good. Relentless. Relentlessly good. Like like bat like batting a fucking thousand. I swear to God. <laughs> Always continually exciting to see the tweets that come out after four side fights is recorded because if it doesn't go well, JD wants to make it better every single time. There is no settling into mediocrity for JD. It's always clawing and fighting out of it to get back up to the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like sometimes it's hard uh, because like, you know, Jack's uh, Jack's clown, right? And he's got a lot of clowns on that show. All the homies, (laughs) all of them. And so they'd be clowning around. And sometimes for a technical director, that's, you know, you got to especially like since you have to like focus on like the cuts of each square and everything and they're all talking over each other. Being judicious with your choices in that regard is always an art. So what would you say is your favorite your your favorite event that you've been able to work behind the scenes for? Is it LSI because it was the most recent one? Is it something that was this year or before COVID? Like I'm interested in hearing what stands out in your memory. Um, as far as like overall, like highest score in terms of the job, like the production, like how the all of production went, I would say that LSI was probably number one. Like the, the, you know, the water main busted on setup day and we <laughs> oh. thought that was gonna be a bad omen, but actually that was, that was the worst of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kept saying, Oh God, better, better day tomorrow. And everyone's like, oh, don't say that. Don't bring it into existence. Like what? Like be thankful. <laughs> that was a blessing that that happened today. Um, uh, but yeah, like the crew did so well, 95%. I was like, chill, chill with the homies. Do you mean like, um, what about do you, are, am I including extracurriculars like me being in the casino and in Vegas or Detroit <laughs> or, or Toronto? Or do you mean just like when we're in the doors, when we're behind the curtain? 
No, you can include the entire experience if you want to, because okay. I think when you think back on those weekends, you're not just remembering the work that you did. You are also remembering the experiences, the conversations, yeah. the, the gambles won or lost. <laughs> yeah, I would have to be LSI then because like, yeah, I mean, I also gambled for like 10 hours with the homies of Vegas, like real emotions, hundreds made and lost, just like, you know, real gamble, like not huge stakes but twenty dollar <laughs> blackjack hands that shit adds up <laughs> that shit adds up um and but it was it was all good i i you know i came up at the end of the night um saw some dope shit and then saw a couple you know, one really good cirque show and one really fucking sus cirque show um don't see michael jackson one if you go to vegas unless you want the the cringiest thing that'll happen to you all year even so, not worth 110 bucks. Um, so I got to say LSI. And then combined with like the great meals I had and all the homies were there and, and we did such a good job, like 10 out of 10 minimum, right? And then there's other things like Big House, the last, most recent Big House, where a lot of things needed fixing. It was a gremlin-y show, both from a commentary, like the scheduling perspective and like and other aspects of production there was a lot of things like that needed like immediate attention and like instinctual calls and things like that and so i really relished that because despite everything at the end of the day like big house 10 was like a, uh, a like outrageously monumentally important thing for all of us right I, I would argue that it was more important in general than the lsi no shade to the lsi but Big House had its whole, the you know legacy ten years AMSA everyone was there everyone who was at LSI was at there you know e even Plup excluding <laughs> Plup was not for either of them um, so it was basically like Big House two but Summit House XL in a cabaret theater with um, a lot more feastables chocolate bars oh oh I I I have maxed out on dark chocolate for the next couple months <laughs> they're giving that shit away like candy. I, I mean, five ingredients. I've, as soon as they said that, I went, am I going to Walmart to look for this? And I think the milk chocolate at four. That's four so cool. How Minus many, how many salt, things sure. do you see such a long list of ingredients for? And I don't mean to be cynical with American food, but like processing, am I right? That shit's ass. Don't, don't be cynical about it. Go to Europe once and see how bad we eat. You know, it's, it's like readily apparent. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so Big House also occupies that same, like, we did it kind of thing. Great job, everyone. Um, and I felt like, you know, there was, there was a responsibility there. And like, you know, just to see like, scar commentate amsa's biggest win and then you go back like six seven years ago and see that it was scar that was commentating amsa's first big win mm -hmm. against mewtwo king and like that's magic you know like that's like that's the stuff that that other other tournaments will take a long time to to get there like, like only only eight years ten years twelve years right and, and like the story, like bookended by Bobby Scarduino Newman, Scar Newman, and it it all made sense, right? Everything felt right. <laughs> Everything felt correct. This felt like melee. I loved LSI. Everything about it. Shout out to Mogul Moves and the boys and everything involved. It was an amazing experience. But I had Mr. Beast chocolate. You know, like there's there is a difference there. There is a difference there. I'm not saying one's better or worse, but there is a difference. 
And so, so Big House, like the two most recent events I worked were obviously the still, still the freshest, emotionally speaking. Sure. But from a, from a brass tacks bottom line perspective, we're like objectively just like phenomenal. I mean, I'll remember Big House 10 for a long, long time. And when I was at Pound and I didn't get to do like a little live show, I didn't get to... I didn't get to, I went 0 and 2 there. I went 1 and 2 at Big House. I got to see, I got to see, actually, whoa. Oh my whoa. gosh. I just realized the two whoa. majors that I've gone to, Pound this year and Big Sorry. I just confused AMSA and Zane. I switched it in my head. AMSA won yeah. LSI and Zane won Big House. Nope. Never mind. It is not a Zane sweep for me attending majors. But that's okay because Zane still plays pretty well for Big House, pretty well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll remember yeah. Big House because again, I got to be more involved. It was there was space to move around. That was a big deal, not having to be crunched in the whole time. Mm -hmm. And our stage, our table was so long. We had the cameras on the on the lighting rigs, so we had we had like wide angles abound. It was very <laughs> spacious. Very the nice. banners. There's no banners at Pound. The banners, though. Mm -hmm. There's room for people about, to dude. sit down and watch Top 8. It's a, you know, Big House was an amazing experience. And Detroit was really nice. I didn't know what to expect with Detroit. I have an idea of my mind of like a city that's trying to make a comeback for however many years in a row. And I will say the nice parts of Detroit were nice. And then mm -hmm. the rest of it was just like any other city to me. I don't, yeah, don't want to be mean, but there's, it's, it's, it's cement and tall buildings. I don't know what to tell you. There's not yeah, usually yeah. A, there's not a long list of cities that feel unique. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a it's it's a pretty standard Midwestern town, I think. Like in terms of like what you expect geographically from it, pretty flat, pretty gray. Um, there's a lot of good shit there. Like I, you know, D D Detroit like changed America twice in huge ways, right? Auto industry and then Motown, and th that I think makes it like too important to like, you know, to just like fall off. Like every every team needs to rebuild at some point. And I really hope Detroit gets there. Like, they're, Detroit's cool, man. Detroit's very cool. Um, it's my second favorite Midwestern city, I think, in terms of, like... After like Chicago, the, right? The gravity of it. Yeah, Chicago. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so. I haven't, um, I've yet to visit Chicago. Chicago would feel like a unique one to me because there's a literal lake uh, rubbing up yeah. against it. That's yeah. pretty unique compared to other American cities. Oh, yeah, we got good water here. Really nice tap water. It's one of the largest reserves of fresh water right there. Dip my toes in it. So when Isaiah says, you know, New Jersey's got some real good tap water, you're going, no, Chicago has good tap water. No shot Jersey has half as good tap water as we have. No shot. I think that Isaiah was being fully, uh, was not being fully serious when he when he said that. I think that part of that. I expect that from him. I think that part of that was like, yeah, I'm bullshitting Samox right now for this and very serious interview okay <clears throat> i wanted to ask you about the degeneracy yeah. side of lsi because yes this would be this would be a good to get your take on this and oh, it was boy. fresh and hopefully people will remember will remember for a long time that top eight of melee was was in the same way that saturday and friday was couch style commentary more of a summit kind of a feel it wasn't just Ludwig plus two other people. It was a minimum yep. of five people and Ludwig. So maybe six people at a time, everybody crowding mm -hmm. in, not, not necessarily because they like, Oh, I want to talk. I want to talk, but just because it's like, it's right there. You can yeah. see barely five feet behind the couch are people playing melee mm -hmm. and they look over and go, 
I could just like go over there. So yeah, exactly. And that's what, and that's what happened. And then you get up to losers finals where hungry box doesn't really camp Leffen that much, but it's enough after hungry box wins Leffen goes onto the mic. And for the next 10 minutes, we could have seen this coming <laughs> for the next 10 minutes is saying, in effect, I really don't want to play melee like this. This is dumb. I don't like how we're allowing people like Hungrybox, especially to camp and stall the yeah. game. And this is dumb. And I don't want to play melee in the future if this is going to continue to be a thing. We got to fix right, this right. now. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's better? I ask you the salty tweet or the the salty live tweet with your voice. It's the same shit, right? No. If if there's an open mic there for Leffen to salty tweet, he's gonna say it. If not, he's gonna tweet it. Like, does it matter that much? Like it. Him, I think, I think like him putting it to words on camera and having respected people around him reacting to it does make it more effective. But it, the the energy is the same. It's it's the same, right? It's a salty Leffen tweet. Does he have a point? Probably. Is it put well? Almost never. Um. So it's the same thing. Or Mango walking over IBDW walk. You know, whoever had minor beef that was forgotten days later. <laughs> it's the same stuff. It's, I don't think it makes a difference. Mango being um, part of Grand Finals commentary. Yes. It could be risky. You know, you, you might you might get some some bad shit that happens. But I think I think most it's rare that a top player does something like actually says something like just like truly like condemn worthy. So in general, at the very least, it's great content. That was my view on it That's as well. Bag, I, thought, I was like, this is hilarious because we haven't seen. We've seen Leffen do salty tweets, but how long has it been since we've seen salty Leffen in front of a camera? I feel like Probably it's been such it. a long time. Right, yeah. Or like an interview long ago, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so, a, right, it's, it's just a I'm different saying. channeling of the same energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's a good thing. It can propel the tournament, right? It can get the couch all riled up, and now everyone's joking, and ah, everyone loves to see that, right? Ludwig doing so a good it, job it, kind it, of like asking questions instead of immediately going into judges mode. I think yeah. Ludwig oh, yeah. was like the best person to handle Leffen in that moment. Exactly. Uh, only Leffen can handle Leffen. We know this. We know this. Inside of Leffen, there are two Leffens. <laughs> They're both really good at Smash too. <laughs> They're both super good. They're both so like good. top tier fucking fighting game players. Like you name it. Um, yeah. So I think in general, it's a good idea. And like the format was like the couch had to be full at all times. Um, but if they wanted to take a break or something, they'd have to get like a player or another commentator to fill the couch. So it was like this, ah. and this is what Slime told me. This was like the self-governing kind of system. And it seemed to work really well. There was always like, it was never not full, especially on day three. There was always five people commentating. And that's so, interesting. Like yeah, you have to find somebody to fill your seat. That's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was, um, yeah, I think it seemed like it worked out. It, it belied, uh, it, went against the normal like schedule thing i'm not sure if this is what they do for like summit proper it seems that way it's very fluid either way and so yeah this this uh kind of constantly evolving commentary couch like we're hour 15 of these three and then someone dips and you get 45 minutes of this guy it, it you know there's a chance for it to be inconsistent um but it always keeps things fresh it always has at least it has the the strongest odds of keeping your commentary fresh if you do it that way so Which what I was, I think, is a net positive. What I really liked about the Summit Style Couch was how it affected the mood of the tournament from my perspective for days one and two. But for day mm-hmm. three, for top eight, and I know I didn't even mind it for top sixteen, but for top eight, I thought it'd be kind of nice if we did just have two people for top 
eight first with Ludwig, and then again, top four with two other people and Ludwig. I thought that because when it's all these top-heavy, talented players, except for Plop Sedge, playing for a reasonable amount of money, and this is the most stacked tournament of all time, that kind of thing, that kind of thing. Ultimately, the, the couch felt a little bit too underappreciative of the moment, and I don't think that's anybody's fault, and I don't want to say that 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 it was specifically the couch because we saw how summit 11, it was amazing to have all those people. It was a mix. I, I think it was it, at the very least scar and Tove and, and homemade waffles and lovage. Those four, at least on that couch commentating mangoes and grand yeah, finals yeah. game 10. Mm -hmm. So I know that the hype can be there, but uh, maybe, maybe it was just because, Hungerbox went really far in the bracket, and, uh, and most melee enthusiasts kind of get that. a little sad when Hungerbox goes far in bracket. So I think the prevailing opinion is true, but also how who was on the couch, right? Waff, Toe, Fish, Mac, you know, Ludwig. Yes, Ludwig. <laughs> almost forgot. How many times <laughs> have they seen this story? Grand Finals, Zane H. Bob. Like, like after a certain point, and sometimes and there are stakes that alter this. There are like, you know, aggravating and mitigating factors to use legal terms that adjust like the hype level. And like you, like Zane Hbox, not after like I'm so mango. I, that's that's not as good. Right? Or like, and, and they've they've all been at Summit and they've seen these guys play each other into fucking stalemate like constantly. Like you, Cody, you know, IBDW or Cody Hbox, Cody Zane, Mango Zane, and those are all really exciting things because it, it presents the top tier of our gameplay. But at the same time, like even solid gold gets a little old, you know. Sometimes. And then the spark hits you again, and then you're screaming on the mic, oh my god! And that happens often, but the, there is a, a fatigue that can settle in, and from a from a, a viewer's perspective, after a certain point bracket, if, like, my two favorite players are out, it's, like, ODH Box, Zane, and, I don't know, JMook, like, I'm less inclined, because I've seen all that before. Like, I am, I do want to know who wins, but... I'll tune in a grand finals kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Poor so that might have box. something to do with it. It's not, not to not to dispel the glory of what we, we are witnessing in those matches, the truly like the the stuff that our meta is made of and pushing it further still. Um Slug especially with how much really melee's been down. going on. What? Slug just really let us down. We really we lost us down. I, was, I was all team slug, baby. It was like, yo, single-handedly proving. Ice climbers don't need wobbling. I've been waiting for this for seven years. Finally, single-handedly. Placing fourth was already amazing, so good for Slug. But if he had beaten <laughs> Hungerbox there right. and then beaten Leffen, that would have also been a tall task. I mean, yeah. Leffen yeah. knows how to uh, knows how to exploit matchups. But, but I love sh I love shit like that. Like that's the stuff that keeps me interested. That keeps me invested. Mm -hmm. Right. Is you know, is, and I is, think is those new stories. I think when new, they were commentating Hungrybox Slug, they were they were it was that like it was that feeling of excitement. And now that I've thought back on this, as we've been talking, I went, oh right, when Slug got eliminated, it was just Leffen, Zane, Hungrybox. Oh, oh, yeah, right. Mango's gone. Everyone loves Mango. Amsa's out. You know, Jay Mook is like, we're all, I guess that's like the next big thing. Like, when's this guy going to win? When's Jay Mook going to win? But not, it's, not, it's, it's not coming, at LSI, right? not at LSI. It's coming. He might be the best player in the world in two years. I don't know. We're, I don't know. 
that's hey what if we what if we just say this either yes or no right now is Jay Mook the best player of 2024 2024 is Jay Mook the best player of 2024 yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now I'm gonna say yes I'm gonna say in two years Jay because he's already like so good and he's so young dude he's 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 gonna devote his entire life to getting better and we've seen how far that can go I think he can beat anybody Mentality is in such a good spot for Jay Mook. I, I think that awesome. his his resiliency and his competitor spirit is in the same not the exact same, but it's in the same vein of somebody like of like Zane or Mango, where it's mm-hmm. like even if you get knocked down, you get back up, you keep going. And it it's so fun to be knocked down into the into the doldrums or to be super ultra sad because all all melee players eventually feel that even if it doesn't happen as often for low level players like myself i can't feel super sad because i didn't get to a point where falling really hurt but mm. <clears throat> when i think yeah, that's of, true when i think about when i think about jay mook i i just hope that i just hope that he is able to continue to keep that mentality as well as all the other things that you just said, where he's going to get better. He has so much time to get better. He's full-time in melee so early for someone who just started competing in major seriously just this year. And within months was able to say, I can quit my job. I could just play melee full-time. This is great. So the floor keeps rising. Yes. It just, it just keeps going up. Like this doesn't happen in other communities like with games this old, right? Like how is the floor still going up in melee? <laughs> yes. <What>? In record time, <laughs> wow. we're seeing all these, Ew. oh my gosh, Walt and J Book are like this because they both had meteoric rises in their respect. <gasps> oh J-Mook my gosh. J Book is the gosh. of, of players. This and is the J Book of players. Yes. Yo, dead ass, dead ass. Oh my gosh. Parallel. I know. I, I hope Walt clips that and throws it somewhere. <laughs> I'll say it. Jmook is the Walt of melee players, and Walt is the Jmook of melee commentators. <laughs> that's a great. That's a perfect analogy. I have no problems with that right there. It's making a lot of sense. They're both from New York, technically. East Coast, yeah, East Coast. East Coast. Is it tri- tri-state? Right to mm-hmm. be it's even more particularly both tri-state. Yeah, Walt is not from New York City, like Long Island. If I want to, mm-hmm. if I'm being, if I'm, if my memory serves me correctly, but. East Coast, Tri-State, however you want to f- phrase it. Okay, I have another question about the game of Melee as we see it yes. now. The next big event is Summit 14. Who mm-hmm. do you like for Summit 14? Because I believe that's this, uh, not this upcoming weekend, because today's Friday, obviously, but next I'm talking weekend. about mm-hmm. the following weekend. Mm-hmm. Who do I see? Like, who do I want to win? It's not AMSA anymore, is it? It's always AMSA. Oh, it is AMSA still AMSA? has to like cement, right? Because like this is one of the things of AMSA's like whole career. It's like, oh, he beat he beat Mewtwo King. Oh, we're gonna figure that. Out. That's a fluke. We saw that. Oh, Yoshi loses against Fox so bad. Drill beats Yoshi. Oh, Yoshi will never win a major. Like his like his whole melee career, he's had to like chase like get dogged by this shit, and he proved the entire world wrong. By the way, he did nothing less than just like shut everybody up. Um, and this is I think just the latest thing. Can AMSA win another major? Oh, Yoshi will never do that again. Look at this Falco tech. This double shine beats Yoshi. Like, Yoshi's so... Amsa's so ahead of everybody when it comes to dealing with Yoshi. He's got more setups than you're even aware of. And it, people don't give that enough credit. Like, he's got setups on setups on setups. The weirdest hitbox shit. 
and and weak this and and double jump cancel that. Crowd the down B, Jake Spears. You know the down B. Now he's comboing people with the stars. Like who could have seen that coming? That's what I'm talking about. That's the shit I love. So always Amsa, always Amsa. If not Jmook, I think I think Jmook's do. Mm-hmm. I think Jmook is do. Um, and it's not outrageous. I think if Amsa runs into Cody, it's gonna be tough. Um, that's that's the only person that I don't think he's beat. Right? Has he beat Leffen? I remember Leffen destroyed him at a summit one year. Like, absolutely just, it was the saddest thing. Um, Amsa has beaten Leffen, or did we, did I lose track of who we were talking about? Uh, oh, I was going to, so Cody, I don't think Amsa's beat Cody, right? Amsa has not, I want to say has I not. I don't believe so. <clears throat> um, but as I, I remember Amsa getting absolutely torched by Leffen at a summit, and I don't recall off the top of my I think Amsa has beaten Leffen. At Pound, yes, I saw that yes, live. That yes. was amazing. Okay, yes. Okay, good, good. Um, but I think Leffen is like Leffen's like the like the the he'll make you so honest, make you so honest when you play. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean that's always something to be afraid of, right? He's a quick adapter. Like he won't get hit by the same shit twice. So Yoshi being a mid tier, maybe the best mid tier, but a mid tier is always limited in how they can get their shit going. Um, Amsa is just hands down the best example of that. I have no idea who's going to win Summit 14 because every time I think of a good angle for somebody, I think we're, we have enough results now from this year that I don't, I don't know who has sort of that clear path. And it was never a clear path, to be fair. But we had a lot of different, oh, it's been a while since we've seen this or we haven't seen it this year yet scenarios but now that leffen has especially competed at a couple of events it feels like we're revisiting a lot of things so who's going to have the upper hand mm. leffen probably going to beat hbox if they come across each other in bracket or maybe well, it'll be even worse a hungry box 3-0 and it's like four stocks or three stocks the entire way because leffen yeah. is like extremely down bad who knows or it'll be a 3-0 leffen you get what i'm saying i don't <clears throat> i don't know who's going to rise above their their storyline and be able to take the event and always what makes summit interesting in the same way that lsi was interesting is that you have to play high level matches throughout the weekend and that's something that mango seems to hate because every time he loses an event like summit or lsi he says i beat ibdw and zane and i got seventh this is dumb (laughs) amen it's where you gotta prove it right you have to prove it or not just once, but twice or three times even, depending on yeah. if you're there in their pool and then in the gauntlet round and then finally in bracket. Oh, well, yeah. what about winners and losers? You can play somebody four times. I don't know why they call it gauntlet, because all of Summit is a fucking gauntlet. Yes. <laughs> like three days of gauntlet. But that's, but that's that's the gauntlet. Yeah, like I, I understand why it's called that, but like literally, Summit is just is just gauntlet for top the best you know twenty players in the world or whatever mm-hmm. sixteen. But um, something that's unique to this particular Summit fourteen and might be unique for a long time is that all those players are just fresh off of a weekend that's summit style of playing against each other. Very that's, summit style. That's what's going to be interesting to me is who was is able to turn around the data they've been compiling and the practice they've been getting into then doing the same thing with the almost exact same group of people, smaller mm-hmm. pool, but the top players are all still there and Plup's going to be added to the mix, hopefully, right? Is the Plup's mm-hmm. going? Please tell me Plup's going. So I, I know so. Plup was invited, but I better... Uh, don't tell me that Plup announced he's not going. Plup is going, right? Gosh. 
yeah I, I hope so i love plup plup's always such a cool x factor player because definitely like you know uh, wizzy's here too but like of the top 10 mm-hmm. like they're the the least active like the, the it's it's mysterious whether they'll make an event or not it's never a shoe in like a lot of other of the top players yes um so and whenever they show up they always like just like are scary always 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 and I'm excited um, so to see. So I'm excited to see all these Pikachu's. We've got Axe and Ralph. It's gonna be fun. So Ralph, the yeah. recent Pikachu convert, the the crazy man, the crazy man. So Imagine I'm excited. Doing that. To, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see this event coming up. But in the meantime, we will do. We've done. Uh, Who's the best player? 2024. Jay Mook. Yes, we both agree on that. We were able to talk about some of 14 LSI and Big House. So I'll make one more topic for you, and then mm-hmm. we'll get going. And it's a topic about you once again. So I'm wow. interested in hearing a little bit of a, you could call this a review because I didn't get to post the podcast that we recorded at Big House onto my own uh, channels and such. But I loved hearing about the discipline of music, the discipline of playing Melee. Mm-hmm. And so for the people at home, what are things that make sense to you when you think about music and Melee? What are things that don't make sense when you think about music and Melee? Yeah, yeah. Um, so both of them essentially are dependent on um, context, right? Like I can play, I can play a single note and just repeat it over and over again in, in on a piano, and then I can throw my left hand in and do different harmonies, and each one of those harmonies make that one note sound like something different. They give it a different character. It has a different role. It has a different importance. And essentially, it's what melee is in a little, in, in a larger sense, is that what is the best thing to do here right now, and how can I mix it up from the last time I did it to keep it interesting? So that's another big part about successful music is like, or just storytelling in general is like, you know, making your audience think that they're right there with you, but also always be a step ahead of them. And right when they think they got it figured out, give them the fucking. And then and then they'll go, oh, my God, that's what this is about, dude. And that's that's kind of what Melee is, except your audience is your opponent. But you're still trying to, like, mix them up and, like, get them to think that. Conditioning, baby. But then you just like, yeah, fiction said it best. This is what playing Melee is like. Shake my hand, he said to me, and I shook his hand. And then he goes. (laughs) I'll never forget that, right? Music is like that, but it's like shake your hand instead of a bye. You just like take your hand away and then you do it again and they're like okay and then take your hand away and then you do it a third time and then they're like and then you finally get that handshake you've been waiting for and it's the best feeling you've ever had in your life that's a good story that is a good story it's right there it's like am i gonna get is i think i know what's coming is it gonna happen because i really really want it but i don't know and then it does at the end and it's a great ending and you're like wow that was so worth the the fake outs and the and the mix and maybe, maybe even a couple head slaps there but once i got actually got that handshake holy <laughs> um yeah and so you just do that to your opponent constantly i'm gonna come in i'm not i'm gonna come in and then they extend their hand and you're like gotcha <laughs> and it's the same idea but just different consequences and different emotions that are um utilized but it all comes in context like if I'm just full hopping in the corner for some reason and my opponent is taking center stage, that's not the right way to use full hop. You know, I'm giving my opponent space. So sometimes full hop is good. Sometimes full hop is the best thing you can do. But here, it doesn't make sense. Do something else. Why? This, this is a stale performance. This is a lame solo. 
I am not interested. <laughs> this is not good. Uh, so yeah, put it briefly again, context and then execution with, you know, which is just a combined effort of muscle memory and the ideas you've grown along the way and the things you practiced and putting them just in the right place in the right time to make your audience or your opponent go, oh, <laughs> and you do that a million times. And that's how you become J-Mook. <laughs> it's easy as that. <clears throat> when Leffen was going on a roll at LSI, just do all these beautiful picture, a guitar player, or maybe perhaps a solo saxophonist or something, just being able to riff and riff and riff. And then, running into Hungerbox four, four time, four chords, or just four notes right. yeah. and going, pace. no, 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 stop, stop yeah. it. I hate this. Different context. All that shit that worked against whoever you beat to get here. No, not this time. And Jigglypuff especially is like, like a lot of your set play goes out the window. Most characters, when you play a Jigglypuff, like that's a very specific matchup, right? You got your character has shit on Puff and... That's the shit you're going for, and everything else, just don't get hit. <laughs> but <laughs> like your grabbed. whole metagame evolves around like a simpler kind of idea. So I can't just like, oh shit, lasers, oh yeah, this is working so well. And I get back here, right? That works every other matchup for the most part. But, you know, oh shit, I dared Puff, I'm gonna shine, and now I can't combo anymore. Okay, well, I should have thought about that differently. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's uh, some, some tunes, so to speak, are very weird, and you can't rely on your traditional sense of harmony to guide your way through it or time like some songs are in seven you know some songs are in five and we have two feet that's fucking weird but we have to we have to play it anyway and we'll find a groove in these odd circumstances that's what playing puff is like it's like playing a matchup in five four it ne you're, you're always kind of on the the back foot but you can also be on the front foot if you're playing it right but it's never you're... like it never feels like super the same melee. You're playing like half melee when you're playing against the Jigglypuff. <laughs> um, so again, context, knowing your shit, situations, executing correctly at the right time. So win. What do you think of Trombone Champ? Oh, love it! I love watching <laughs> fucking me's do this shit to dope songs. It's hilarious. It's perfect. I wish I wish someone would make a fucking trombone that i like a plastic like guitar hero style trombone i could play does that exist probably Tell not me that exists. but not yet not, not yet. yet i bet someone's making it right now someone can 3d print that shit immediately and just yeah and then you know go on playing some fucking anime intro on the trombone and get 10 billion likes guaranteed <laughs> that's a banger that sounds like a, your next viral video idea. In the meantime, let's I get got a couple. <laughs> I'm just too lazy sometimes. Like I got to sit in front of a computer for five hours and like this might flop. I don't know. It's hard for me to commit to things like that. Yes, I totally get that. But I also get that we have to stop now. We have to uh, wrap it up. It is time. It's time. But this has been an amazing conversation. You have been amazing. Time. Jake Spear. You You've been you too. Great host. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, let's make sure that we can roll out the red carpet for you and allow you to tell the people all the shout outs that you have or plugs and any final thoughts that you may have. Go for it. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, you know, I don't I'm, I keep things pretty low key. I don't like to like, you know. Just like promote things of myself and I just I live a very, a very simple, humble life and and any I'm always happy to get thank yous and whatever. That's all good shit, uh, but nothing to promote. Thanks to um, you, first of all, Cypher, Bottom of Smash Mountain, and all the guests that came before me. 
thanks to um me shouts out forever shouts to juna melee every day all the homies there all this all clm you guys are the best it's an honor to 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 show up every day at the weekly get ninth or something and just to have a great time uh shout outs to uh i guess it's the community at large for changing my life and and making me a better person straight up uh shout outs to mom and dad shout outs to uh i don't know every, everyone who uh whoever meant something to me whoever pushed me in the right direction um call outs to all you naysayers <laughs> <laughs> and big ego motherfuckers who think this is all about you i'm kidding only half um but yeah go out love love someone do it for someone else i promise you it'll come back to you tenfold at least and just keep that up and uh you know if it isn't fun to hell with it if you don't have to do it don't if you have to there are things in life that are not fun that you have to do but if it's not fun you don't have to do it to hell with it i promise you get get that out of the way sooner and and things will just be so much easier for you that's all i want to say jake Spear, that was very eloquently put thank you so much for that and for all of you thank you for joining another episode we're going to do the outro thing, but Jake, don't go anywhere. After the outro is done, we're coming back briefly to do thumbnails and then we'll get you going. Okay. Dope. Thanks everyone. Oh, that was fun. Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. Fun. Oh, no water. Not plugs and shout out. Thank you. I appreciate it. You saw that. I, I was having, uh, you know, I have to have fun with it sometimes.